Is it recording? Uh, yeah, it says it says at the top of mine you're recording. Okay, well that's good because it doesn't on my screen. But hello and welcome back <laughs> to another episode uh, of the In the Round podcast. We are currently Willless. He is somewhere. We're not sure where. He should be with us in about twenty minutes uh, to talk about Potter, Rogers, Conte. Uh, who else lost the job? I don't. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Joining us to, joining me at least for the first 15 minutes and hopefully beyond uh, is Pod Ross. Good evening. And the Mosley Roarder down in the bottom right of my screen, Dave Harris. Hello. Hello. Um, so we needed to come up with something to talk about. In the meantime, while Will's away, we're going to talk about West Ham because we know he doesn't want to talk about West Ham. So... Uh, they got a big win at the weekend, which probably saved Moyes' job for at least another couple of days, maybe. Yeah. Um, it seems like every time he's just about to get sacked, he gets a win. They have uh, Newcastle at home on Wednesday, who obviously just beat my Man United. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, what do we think of West Ham, Dave? Uh... Well, I think the last time we, we mentioned them, I mean, there's clearly some good players there, but they just really haven't got it together. They're at a point where every time they play a team that is anywhere near them in the table, it feels like a cup final, like every game is a must win for them in that situation, um, which can't be great for Moyes because Moyes must know, like, I mean, they've still got Bournemouth, Palace... Leeds Leicester to play. If he loses to Bournemouth on the 23rd of April, he could be out of the job. I mean, I don't know how that allows them to build, but at the same time, Moyes arguably has been given more of a chance than maybe you would have expected in the first. I mean, they, they've been rubbish all season. They've been decent in the Conference League, but let's be honest, not, <laughs> I'm not sure that prioritises where how are you performing in the league? So I feel like Moyes has had it probably easier than he should have done this season. Like I'm a bit amazed he's still in the job, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, there are, obviously, as we'll get on to, some managers available. Do you think that puts any more pressure on him, Ross, to get uh, results? Or is there already enough, plenty enough pressure on him as it is? Well, yeah, I'm not sure the managers have become available are ones that necessarily would be going to to West Ham. Yeah, I think the pressure's been on him for some time. They've been down in this scrap for pretty much the whole season, really. And I think we've said before, we just you just keep expecting them to turn that corner and it just hasn't happened. And you're always saying things like, oh, they're too good to go down, aren't they? And then they're still down there. But uh, that win has, has pushed him pushed him up the table, but I think they've been pretty patient with Moyes, which I do quite like to see, to be honest. Um, given this two seasons, they overachieved, you'd probably say, the last two seasons, which is always difficult. Yeah. Look, back, look back to that Pulis West Brom season where they came like eighth or something, and they uh, you start expecting things you shouldn't then after that, and then they sacked him and it all went, went downhill for them. So, I'm glad that he's still there. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think Potter would go there. And like Conte, obviously, no. Nagelsmann, no. So I'm not sure that's increased the pressure necessarily. But um, him having got this far, I think he's likely to see it through to the end. I think. But having said that, we've just lost two managers in the last two days. So, yeah. It's definitely an interesting time. I think I heard something along the lines of 13 Premier League managers have left their posts since uh, since the start of this season. I don't I don't know if that's a record, but that is well. Obviously, that's yeah. most two thirds. Previous, previous record was ten in a season. It is oh, definitely wow. a new record. Jesus. So we've totally shattered that then. Um, I've got the uh, start of the week on managers, Mike. If you want to. Oh, excellent. Wheel up the intro. We All right, let's rev it up. It's Dave's stat of the week. Cheers, Mike. Uh, so, Roberto De Servi was obviously appointed as Potter's replacement at Brighton back in September. That makes him the 11th longest-serving current manager in the Premier League. That is wild, isn't it? Wow. And I don't so know what it is. I don't feel like that many have lost their jobs. Uh, I guess, obviously wrong, but... Uh, uh, are we just, are we just like, is this just normalised to us now that everyone just kind of... No one stays there that long unless they're doing a an unbelievable job. I don't know. It's because Arsenal have obviously not changed the manager. Maybe I just haven't been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're in your own little bubble over there. Uh, Arsenal, of course, won again this weekend. I, I'll, I'll mention that so Ross doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, so it's um, so Moyes. Yeah, Ross wouldn't sack him, Dave. What would you do? Let him have it now. No, yeah, I agree with Ross. I mean, he's definitely earned the chance to see this through to the end. It's just given maybe where West Ham have viewed themselves in the last few years, it's a bit of a surprise that they're down there. I mean, what I'd like to think is Moyes is still going to be there next season, whatever happens, because surely there's no point letting him ride out the season and then say they stay up and come like 17th last day of the season sort of thing. Surely there's no point keeping him if you're just going to offload him and try and get well, someone that put you back up there. That is something I do think is interesting because you could stick by him. He keeps you up just, let's say, for argument's yeah. sake. I'd be tempted to get rid of him then, depending on what managers are on the market. I guess, but if if that's all you're thinking, why aren't you getting someone in you see as longer term to try and keep you up anyway? That's know. a fair point. I guess it depends. I don't know who they want or what True. style they want, or but maybe there's more managers by the summer. There probably isn't too many more available, I guess. I maybe I'm just chatting rubbish, but well, I'd be tempted if 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 he can't get I mean, I look at the 11 they put out against Southampton at the weekend. It's pretty good. Yeah, There's some really good players in there who should be able to do a lot better than what they are. And he's had a season of just dross. Well, actually, probably a season and a bit in the Premier League. Their, their form at the end of the last season was awful as well. I never like to say people should lose their jobs, and I quite like Moyes as well. But I'd be tempted to get a longer-term fit, and you don't have, you won't have, unless they win the Conference League, 
I assume you get back in or into the Europa League next year. I think it's Europa League next year. So they might win it. If they I mean, don't, then you don't have European football to worry about as well, which is less games. Get rid of Moyes and then maybe somehow convince Brendan Rodgers to take over next season. Well, he's um, the only available one that might take it. Yeah. But he's linked, as we'll get on to, he's linked with Spurs. And you, don't, and you don't want to get him in now because he's shown at Leicester that he's not really cut out for relegation dogfights. <laughs> he's no better than Moyes. In fact, you, at this moment in time, argue that he seems worse than Moyes at, in this sort of situation. And Moyes did, to be fair to him, he came in and saved them the first time he was there, wasn't he? So maybe that's another reason why West Ham are keeping their faith in him because he did it before. Is it? I like Rogers. I do like Moyes. Is is Rogers that much of an upgrade? I mean, it's worth. Depends what Rogers you think you're getting. Because if you're getting the Rogers that has just left Leicester, then he isn't. But if you're getting the Rogers that was at Leicester at the start and was trying to rebuild his uh, what people thought of him, his perception, then maybe you'll get then you probably are getting a better manager, I would say. The problem is he's, he's shown over many years that he can't teach people how to stop goals going into their own goal. I mean, if you look at... I'll, just, I'll put that partially. Oh, yeah, you're right. The defensive numbers have not been good at, for a long time. And that's been for years. That's yeah. Been. But look at the defenders they're trotting out there this year. I'm not sure anyone gets clean sheets out of them. Like Johnny Evans just is never, he just never plays anymore. Fafana gone, obviously. Without Vice, I mean, I'm sure we'd like to be able to talk about Vout Vice, but he just, he's got a bit of the squadron Mustafi about him. He'll just charge up after the ball, miles out of position, <laughs> slinging a wild challenge. Um, Yeah, so you're right. Brodgers is probably an upgrade, but is it, I don't know if it's that much of an upgrade that it's worth. That's not a bad point. In, on on Rogers, interestingly, his Leicester side away at Palace. I mean, Palace aren't that good, are they? It's Roy Hodgson's no. Palace as well, by the way. You look really they, good going forward. <laughs> they must, yeah, they must have three shots, Leicester in in the whole game at the weekend. Three shots. I mean, you know how many uh, anyway, uh, Palace have? Yeah, 31 yeah. shots. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's not good enough, is it? You're going mean, to get the boot after that. That's awful. I don't like a lot of Leicester's attacking players either, though, to be honest. No, agreed. Uh, other than Madison. I'm not sure who I, else I really like out there. Barnes I is decent, but... Barnes is good in flashes, but he's also yeah. irrelevant yeah. in a lot of the games. <clears throat> I just don't know what's happened at Leicester. Their squad is not good anymore. Well, no, they've not. obviously had some financial situation, which means they've been able to buy without selling, have they? They've bought poorly to replace the good players they've sold, and it's put so a bit of a hole. That is interesting because it was all the the rumours at the start of the season when they supposedly wanted to sack him. Then were that because of the finances they couldn't afford to sack him but now they have sacked him so was it that big of a deal 
at the time. Who knows? Yes, <clears throat> they'll have been able to pay it off a bit slower by keeping him at the wheel, I guess. But, I've sold Madison to fund it. So, uh, well, they're going to have to, aren't they? Uh, if so. they do that, they're, they're going down. It's bad. Yeah, Suter and Feist. I don't even know who this Christensen is. And Castagna. Oh, God, he's an absolute donkey. And they've got issues in goal as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah they finally dropped out. Ward. This and Everson scores guy, a own goal. Yeah. That was, fairness, it wasn't that lucky. There was enough. nothing he could no, do with no. that. He makes a good <laughs> stop, actually, on what is a brilliant free kick. But a bit unlucky. Yeah, they are tough when, they, uh, when they're going like that. But, yeah... Oh, wow. I didn't realise that Hodgson's 11. He, he played Eze, Elise, Zahar and Edward. Yeah. Yeah. And then, do you see Mateta's goal, the winner? Yeah, that first touch. Wow. But I'm, not usually, Roy Hodgson? I'm not usually one to praise these Palace strikers, but it was nice. It's it had a bit God. of the Burkamp Newcastle-esque-ness about it. Okay, so I haven't seen this, so I'm... When will arrive? It's not as good. The touch is similar. It's not a rounder defender, but he does the same sort of first touch. Oh, wow. Because everyone knows how much I like that goal. Oh, He's yeah. Honestly, like, it's pretty special. It's an absolute donkey, usually. Uh, I did, did not realise, by the way, that was Leicester's... Sorry, not Leicester's. Palace's first win in 2023 in yep. all competitions. Yep. But they they had a really tough run of fixtures, to be fair. They played a lot of the top teams in the yeah, league. They played Man U twice, Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham, Brentford, Liverpool, City, oh. Arsenal, flipping out, and Brighton. So I don't really it's... know what they were expecting out of those. Well, it's the classic sack your manager after the hard games to give the give the new manager the easy ones. It's, it's an absolute straight out of the textbook, that is. Jesus wept. Have you seen the the last games? So they've got Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, five games straight. Then they've got Tottenham. Then they've got Bournemouth, Fulham and Forest last day of the season. Wow. I mean, they could legitimately win all of those games. <laughs> ah, they could go well up the table. They're, they're not going to, but they could. <laughs> Poor old Roy's going to have to stay on that. I'm not sure he wants <laughs> <to>. <laughs> I mean, uh... as, long as, they win, as long as they win four of those, I mean, that would keep them... More than safe on forty-two points. I would have thought with the team. Oh, they'll be way, they'll be way safe with that. I can't believe he's points. back. By the way, you remember that last day and he was sat there with his sunglasses on. He didn't make any substitutions <laughs> or anything. He was like he fully didn't care. Look, <laughs> he collapsed the Palace. Play, the oh, palace no. fans when Watford got relegated. Also, there's a stat of the three oldest Premier League managers, and it's. Hodgson last at Palace, Hodgson at Watford, and Hodgson at Palace again. <laughs> that is, how old is he? He's 75. Just, just pack it in. Did you see what he said? He said his wife's happy to see the back of him in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it big time. Uh, Incredible. <laughs> He's probably not even taking a wage. She's just like, get out of the house. He just loves the game. Loves uh, I love that he loves the game. He definitely didn't love the game when he was at Watford. <laughs> he, no, well, he's, he's happy to be back at Selhurst Park, isn't he? My God. I mean, it um, begs the question, who do Palace go for as a long-term manager? It does, it 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 does make that question. It's Hodgson. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, finish no, like no. eighth or something, and then Hodgson will be in. Because they need to bring in like a De Boer type character to fail, and then Hodgson comes back again. That's the. So yeah, he, he, he was he took over from De Boer the first time, didn't he? I think. I think he might have. After that, I, I, I lose track of. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea who Palace would go for. They'll probably find someone in like the Norwegian league to get. Is Solskjaer yeah, available? Um, possibly. I mean, he is available, isn't he? I don't think he's got a job, has he? Well, he must be available. He's not going to get a job after that shit show, but. <laughs> he did a decent job for United. Yeah, for he wasn't few, that money was caretaker. I mean, if if Ronaldo hadn't come in, might still be there. That's true. <laughs> we don't need to get into that again. No, true. true, true. <laughs> just raid the Portuguese league. If you're listening, Palace, just go and find someone over there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who it is. I don't know their name, but there's probably someone that you need <laughs> over there. That, that would be my. I'm holiday in the summer for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh boy. Uh Dave, did you want to do a uh, a quick bit of Wrexham? Well I've, I've come round with Wrexham, to be honest. Here's Will. That is the perfect time for Will to join the Perfect call. timing. <laughs> no, I was I've come round on Wrexham. I mean, I'm not sure I like the the whole idea of them being underdogs that keeps getting pushed in the media, but the amount of times that bad owners who are totally unsustainable have been coming in. These guys obviously care about the club. They've been investing in the local area. Ben Foster's back, so GoPro's in the goal. So, I mean, that's fun for everyone involved. Um, yeah, I mean, I've come around on them, but I don't know if, what your opinion of them is. That's all I was going to say, really. And I'm, I'm not even... How much do you reckon Foster's getting paid? Because... I don't know at this point if Foster would care that much about money. So if you believe what he says, I've listened to his podcast about it because I was intrigued about similar sort of things. He says that he's just taken expenses and he's obviously not bothered about the wage. So he's basically they're just covering his mileage to and from the games and training. Will, the only man in England who doesn't like Ben Foster, I think. I've come round on Wrexham too. I'm anti Wrexham. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know they're a club all about PR, but nothing says PR more than signing Ben Foster, who's got the sporting integrity of a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> like Ben Foster, like we've we've discussed we've discussed this on the podcast before, but um, he's the only man in politics that I would can the only man outside of politics that I would consider to be a habitual liar. All the rest of them are in politics. But I don't believe for a second all this nut stuff where he's like, I had other offers. Like, I saw you last season, Ben. Like, you couldn't catch COVID. Like, you you were shocking. And now he's like, I've got offers, so I just wanted to go back to Wrexham because I had a loan spell. No, you want to promote your podcast. You want to promote your media career. Be honest, Ben. Be honest. Well, I think I think that sort of stuff was mentioned. That obviously it helps with the whole thing around it, and that he's going back to somewhere he's played before, which kind of helps. But okay. I can believe he has. I can believe he's had offers. You've seen the Leicester goalkeepers. I have. We yeah, just, we were just he's talking about it. 
He is better than Ward. That is true. But um, he's not much better than Ward. Um, to be fair, yeah. at one point, United probably offered him a deal in January when Dubravka went, went back <laughs> to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like Wrexham. Uh, I actually think, uh, I, d- I reiterate what you said, Dave, about them doing really good stuff for the community. Um, it looked at first a bit like a vanity play by Reynolds and McElmery, I thought. I thought this is just a, a way for them to get in, but they've done actual, they've made real tangible change to that community, and I think they're to be commended. Kind of in the same way that City's owners, for everything they've done, they've made real tangible improvements to that area of Manchester. It is good when football clubs who you suspect are being used for nefarious means, there is some benefits out of it. So. Yeah, I can see why people in that league don't like them. For example, Notts County, who are second and would probably have run away with the league had Wrexham not been this version of Wrexham. You can see why they would be annoyed because there's only one promotion, automatic promotion spot out of that league. But everything else, I mean, why not? It's quite Notts cool having, having them as the owners. Go on, Dave. Notts County, by the way, could break every single National League record and still come second, come second and not necessarily go up. They're only just off. I think the most points is 100 and, 103 or 106. And then the most wins in the season is 31. I think they've already won 30 games and they've got seven games left to play. Pretty incredible. You could break the records and not even win the league. Yes, so it's fair to see why uh, Notts County fans and players and stuff might not like Wrexham, but uh, they still have to play each other, so that's fun. If anyone's interested. Nottingham are big enough city to have two teams. That's a good point. They'll be fine once Notts Forest get relegated. That's But this is what I'm saying, like... uh, I think like there's only a few cities that can have multiple teams. I'm not sure Nottingham's one. I'm not sure Birmingham's one either. While I'm at it, there you are. Uh, well, you won't have to worry Liverpool, about that soon. No. That's true. Yeah, we'll be out. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you're here, we can uh, we can finally tackle the. Uh, have you tackled the other things stuff. first? We've, we've done a little bit of Rogers. Well, a fair bit of Rogers. <sighs> I, I'm sick of Rogers too, and all. <laughs> I'm baffled by Rogers. I'm absolutely baffled by him. Like, yeah. But the best thing about Rogers was I was doing. Um, I was reading about his sacking today, and uh, someone said that certain players had had their um, heads turned by moves elsewhere, like like Tielemans and all this stuff. And then they said Soyuncu, and I'm like, who the fuck is offering Soyuncu a deal at anywhere above like conference le- level? That guy is a fraud. Like the only thing he's good at is looking at like a looking like an extra on Dan- Game of Thrones, whatever the latest one's called. That's what he looks like, but he is shit. Atletico Madrid wanted him in the summer. Yeah, I was going to say Atletico wanted him. That is so Atletico, isn't it? <laughs> Will looks like he's just seen a ghost. Simeone has the worst talent ID of any coach I've ever seen. Well, half their bat line from last year is at Nottingham Forest this year. I can't wait for Sergio to make the move. Yeah, and people and people tell me this about La Liga and they expect me to act like Messi and Ronaldo were that great. Like, come on, <laughs> get over. <laughs> Playing a bunch of Suyunchus every week. I'm not interested. Are we sure PK was better than Suyunchu? 
It was better than Vout Feist, wasn't it? Well, I think, oh, Vout Feist. <laughs> you know, they were saying in this article there was a Belgian clique, and I'm like, it just sounds like all the Belgians sat around drinking hot chocolate listening to Hercule Poirot on the radio. Like, fuck off, lads. I don't. I refuse to believe that your dressing room is destabilised because Wout Feist is in a clique. Like, honestly, the only clique I'd be dealing with him with is when I switch his life support machine off. He is fucking useless, mate. What on earth are you, what are you doing? Wow, face. Gotta fuck you now. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, Will's back. Yeah, he is. Uh, should we do Potter, Will? What have you got to say about that? Oh, fucking hell. Let's start. Let's get this out of the way. Then. Have you yeah. heard the? Uh, have you heard the? Uh, a load of the French players in the Chelsea dressing room were kept uh, talking about Quidditch and Harry Potter and how Mudrick was Malfoy, and that's why <laughs> Graham Potter wouldn't pick him. Have you heard this? <laughs> that is brilliant. It's incredible. What's really funny there is we don't actually have that many French players, so we can pretty much exclusively say this is Wesley Fafana. Yeah, so Fafana and Kante <laughs> on the treatment table. <laughs> I refuse to believe that Gola was involved at all. He's a sweetheart, but Fafana seems like the type to have a bit of banter. Um, before we talk Potter, I assume that you're all against this, this sacking. Um, yeah, pretty unanimous dodds of the heads there, it looks like. I can't see Dave's cam. I am, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah okay. Um, no offence, but you're all wrong. Um, so, we've sacked, this is the third time we've done a podcast having sacked a manager. Um, so, I've had plenty of practice of this now. Um in all the time I've followed the Chelsea, I've been through almost all the almost all the sackings. I've only ever been in favour of sacking Villas Boas, um, because quite frankly, not only was he a detestable human being, but he was just a loser. Um, Potter's the second time I've ever actually thought that after a sacking has happened, yeah, that's the right decision. So everybody will sit there and they will throw out stats and they will go xg 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 now xg is a completely useful stat that tells you how well people are performing in the game it's also a completely useless stat if you don't watch the games and if you don't watch context because it may takes so if you watch the villa game at the weekend and if any of you had the displeasure of watching that like i did um there were multiple times where villa got through one-on-one because of just the ludicrous way Potter decided to set up his team and they didn't actually get a shot off because they fucked it up through an individual mistake. Now, XG doesn't take into account the fact that that has happened a lot under Potter where the other team hasn't been ruthless enough and it could have been even worse. So that's the first thing to say about the stats. The second thing to say about the stats is Potter took charge of 31 matches and his first one was against Salzburg and he did a ridiculous thing where he played Raheem Sterling at left wing back, which worked for scoring a goal by fluke and also worked against him to concede the like the most high chances um for the opposition and they conceded and throughout his entire reign he kept making stupid i in fact i would categorize them as stupid tactical decisions over and over and over and over again and at no point did you get the sense that he had learned anything from his mistakes and that's why the villa game was because it might seem to you all like why now why sack him after the villa game and the thing is for me with the villa game is there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it that Chelsea didn't take their chances. Tick, yes, they don't take their chances. They underperform on their XG every week. They're not good finishers. That's fine. Um, The second thing is his decision to consistently play with 
the personnel on the pitch has really affected anyone's ability to build chemistry. The fact that you went into a Premier League game against an informed team and you went to yourself, right, I'm going to play Mark Cucurella, a left-back at left-centre-back. I'm going to play the best full-back in Europe, the best, the best full-back in Europe, out of position at right centre-back. And I'm going to have Koulibaly, who is the most useless central defender I've had the displeasure of seeing. He's worse than Malang Sarr. And you're going to play the three of them as your back three. That's a ludicrous decision. And that is, but the worst thing is it's not the first time you've done it. And what that tells me is you're not growing, you're not learning, you're not deciding, you don't know what you want to do. And I think that's the key point for me. Everybody, project is such a sexy word to people. I mean, when we were growing up, it was something you did at school and you never really wanted to talk about it in science. But everybody now on football Twitter is like, project this, project that, project. Oh, it's a nice project. Well, the idea with the project is that you see elements of progress. I saw nothing in 31 games that tells me that Graham Potter should have had another season at Chelsea. I saw nothing that told me that a pre-season thing. I saw no attacking fields of play. In fact, the only thing he managed to achieve to doing is was somehow he made us worse than attacking as we were under Tuchel and he removed all the control from the games and he made us worse defensively. The only thing he did well, the two things he did well, he rehabilitated Kepa's career and finally, he was the first manager in fuck knows how long to realise that Kai Havertz is actually a number 10. And beyond that, useless. And I say this to say, I really wanted Potter to succeed. I thought he, I think I really wanted him to succeed because I think, think he's a good principal coach. But this was a job that was way too early for him. He had no idea to cope with the pressures. And Chelsea did not help him out by putting him in ridiculous situations. But at the end of the day, the product on the pitch was so abysmal that they've done the right thing by cutting their losses now, because in the summer, God knows if you'd given him a, if you'd given him the summer and you were sitting here this time next we're sitting here in January of next year going we've had to sack Potter because it just hasn't worked out we're not seeing anything else well that's another season gone. What are you going to do then? Like and the diff, I think the thing for me and I've been thinking about this all day is when it was going really bad for Arsenal and. Uh, they were they were bot. It was a ridiculous statement when they were bottom after like thir- three games. And everyone was panicking and they played like Man City and Chelsea. It was ridiculous. But even so, we came we came on this podcast and we all knew how Arteta wanted to play. We all knew what Arteta was building to. I'm 31 games into Graham Potter's Chelsea career. I couldn't tell you how he wants to play. I couldn't tell you how he wants to play, and I don't think I don't think he knew. And that is. To me, at that, at that point, you have to go. Now, if they'd have given him more time, would I have hated it? No, I wouldn't have hated it because I always think managers can be- have the benefit of time. No one, people always say they've sacked a manager too early. It's very rarely too late. Um, but I don't think he can have any complaints. And I think if you ask the vast majority of the Chelsea fans that have been watching it week in, week out, they would tell you exactly the same thing. Yeah, booed off again. Uh, again. And deservedly booed off. Yeah. We, I, I don't. I only turned it off to hear them boo at at the end. I turned it on. Sorry, I wasn't that interested until it was about, around about the end. Uh, you've kind of convinced me. In fairness, <laughs> that was a pretty convincing argument. Um, so, so where would you go next? Then? If, uh, actually, first, let's. Uh, what do you have any sympathy for him? That there's a ridiculous number of players in all sorts of different styles and fits that he probably didn't have too much to do with buying yeah that's as there's there's two aspects to this the the owners have the owners are the big villains here like 
the, we don't really litigate the decision to Satsu Tuchel, which is possibly the worst decision I've, I, I think a Chelsea owner has done. Full stop. Um, except maybe uh, get involved with uh, the Russian war. So there we are. There's two two bad owners. Uh, allegedly, obviously, he's got very litigious lawyers. Um, so I think... Please don't sue us. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got nothing for you. Um, just by time. Uh, I think I've lost my track here. Uh, yes, I feel really sorry for him. Um, I think the owners have bucked it up. I think the owners have um, put him in a ridiculous situation. I've come on here and I've talked at length about how I'm not. Sh- I, I didn't. I wasn't sure about Mudrick uh, for as it, a thing in January. He's had a ridiculous level of injuries. Yes, these are all factors that absolutely come into play when you're judging a manager. What I would say is um, there's. <laughs> There's elements here where the squad needed massive changing, so they did have to do that kind of on the fly. Um, And Potter... It's very difficult to say that he didn't understand his players and hold that against him. He didn't understand his players before they'd bought everyone. He was doing the things that ultimately, I think, got him sacked before he bought everyone. He needed goals and he was playing Raheem Sterling away from goal. Things like that. Um, now, I do think that's got worse with his since the players have come in. I think it's incredibly difficult for anyone to be asked to play Felix, who is um, Kovacic, just further up the pitch, um, and Havertz together. Um, I do think he had a rough time with injuries. But at the end of the day, I don't think any of that changes the reasons why he's been sacked, changes his... Um, <sighs> Yeah, I, I feel for him 100%, but it doesn't mean I don't think it's not 1,000% the right decision. Okay, fair enough. You, Ross. you did a good job of convincing me as well, to be fair. Obviously, you, you watch a lot more Chelsea than we do. I was just playing devil's advocate in the uh, the group chat earlier on. I, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't... yeah, go on. No, and I'll, I'll let someone else speak in a minute because obviously I'm monopolizing, monopolizing the conversation, which is not what we want to do. But I do think there's, and it, and it must infuriate other people when they hear us talk about teams that we don't know, we don't watch, we don't watch so regularly. But I don't think anyone realizes how bad it has been at Chelsea, in that this is a team that when Tuchel left with fifth, and they still had the same problems score, they had the same problems scoring chances. Um, however, they had such an element of control in their games where they at least felt like they were competent, whereas Potter's completely ruined that. He's completely gutted the club, in that, completely gutted the team. None of them are confident, so much so that when we play team, we play Everton or at the bottom of the table, and we've still got a really good squad. Like It's, it's light and serious areas, don't get me wrong. Serious surgery needs to be done in the attacking positions. However... They shouldn't be eleventh in the league. There's no excuse for that. Like, there's there's absolutely no excuse for this squad, with this even with this level of injuries because we had it last year too. Um, there's no excuse for them to be where they are. But I do think there's an element of Graham Potter being a nice English man who we all want to succeed um, has sort of clouded our judgment in terms of how good he is. I think, to be honest. If this was decision had been made at another club as well, one without the pedigree for doing this and pedigree for making these 
hasty decisions. I think everyone would be a little more understanding. He has like the lowest win percent, like the second lowest win percentage of anyone who's taken over this many games. And I mean, the, we didn't give. The thing for me is when I looked at him and I could see nothing, even when I looked at Lampard, and I think Graham Potter's a much better coach than Frank Lampard, but when you looked at Frank Lampard and you looked at what his Chelsea were doing, they had an identity, they were building towards something, you had a style. You just haven't had that with Potter. And it has been really bad. That does make it difficult to sell a project if you don't, if you can't see where they're going, essentially, with the, with the coach in charge. Um, Ross, any further thoughts? Or Dave, you want to come in? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with the, the Potter thing, I guess Will has a point that we've all been clouded by essentially jumping on the bandwagon that Chelsea just don't give people enough of a chance. Um, and weirdly, looking at it from like a month's perspective, it doesn't seem that he has been there that long. But then when you look at the amount of games he's actually overseen, he's had, you know like Will says, more than enough time to try and implement some sort of system or at least show if the system isn't working what they're trying to play towards. And yeah, to be honest, like the other two, I was I was I could see both sides, but I feel like you've done a better job than anyone in making it make sense for Chelsea as to why you just have to get rid of him. Because I haven't really seen I haven't really seen anyone explain it how you have, Will, to be fair. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say, I guess it does make sense. I, my thing is, I just wonder where Chelsea go from and from to, here and who could make sense. You, you raise a good point, though, um, and I don't want to get away from the fact that the idea that Chelsea keep doing this and it's Chelsea's thing and Chelsea... Chelsea do keep doing this. Chelsea do keep doing this. And as I've pointed out before on the podcast, it is the biggest barrier to long-term growth as a football club is the fact that they keep doing this and I know it keeps working and I know it keeps um they, they do send, they do tend to win but it is it has come at the cost of sort of like the sustained success um in terms of at the absolute top level um so they do keep doing this and they shouldn't keep doing this and most of the time they do this they do give up too quickly I mean they gave up too quickly on Tuchel. They gave up too quickly on Lampard, in my opinion. And they gave up too quickly on Sari. And I wasn't the biggest Sari guy, but they did give up on him. They should have. He at least needed another season, given the massive stylistic changes he was implementing. So they do keep doing that. However, on this occasion, it's 100% the right decision. And honestly, I hope Graham Potter goes on to have an incredible career. And I hope he goes on to be an incredible coach elsewhere. But he just was so out of his depth in this role and it's a really difficult role like any top six job is really difficult um but I think the Chelsea one is particularly difficult given the given the fact that you're talking to owners who no offense they're not football people they don't understand football at the way that some of the things they're trying to build this club on the fly but I think they had to do this I, I just honestly I think they had to do it um but yeah as for who's next I don't know um, I don't particularly. I'm not infused by anyone really. Uh, there's a lot of names banded about. Part of me would love, love four months of Jose Mourinho to win the Champions League and just cap off his entire career at Chelsea and that thing. I think that'd be fucking hilarious if he did that. I think that'd be like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. 
Um, someone was talking to me about Conte today, and I was like, I, I can't, please. I'm still scarred from last time. Um, the talk is that it's Nagelsmann, and I don't actually think Nagelsmann's the right appointment. Um, but then again, I don't know who is the right appointment. So it's just, just sort of the sexiest name that's out there, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I do think the fact that they've done it now um, tells you that they're interested in Nagelsmann because they were like, we can't let him go to Spurs. And if they... Obviously, the Villa result was was bad, but you've just had the international break. Yeah. So, the fact that they've done this now after Nagelsmann's been sacked, yeah. Yeah. I think that... I think the Villa result... Uh, the fact the fact that the, the Villa result was Potter's career in a microcosm at Chelsea, it was all the problems that you'd seen keeping bubble into the forefront again, and it it it, it made this it made the it was the right it was the right trigger to almost make that decision. Um, the thing I would say about Potter, again, not I don't want to keep bagging on him, but there's an element of um, he. You talk about like projects and long-term stuff. Well, why is Hakim? Why are you playing Hakim Ziyech? Why are you playing Jao Felix? Why are you playing these players when you can't get top four? Why are you playing these players um, who are going to offer nothing for the long-term future? Why are you playing Madueke and Mudrik? Surely they should be the ones that get minutes. Why are we not seeing Madueke and Mudrik? Why, after Carney Chukwuemma played really well against City in January, have we barely seen him again, Potter? Why have you making taking the decision to build your team without Mason Mount in it. Where yeah. has Mason Mount been all year? He's got what a bit of happening. He's, well, he's been injured, but also Potter has not fancied him. And to me, I'm like, I'll, I'll say this. I know there's there is a there's, there's there's a lot of fucking stupid Chelsea fans. Honestly, like they're just fucking morons. But the absolute biggest morons on a lot of them are the ones that think two-time Player of the Year. Absolute fucking superstar, Mason, homegrown superstar. Literally, all you could fucking want for in football shouldn't be at the heart of this Chelsea team. Nutters, nutters. And when Mason Mount goes to Liverpool and is just the best thing since fucking sliced bread, they're all going to have to own that. Um, that would actually be worse than the KDB thing, by the way, if we let already established Mason Mount leave the club for whatever the price is. I'll never forgive him. But say all that to say, that's a big red flag for the Potter regime when you're when personally I think Chelsea's second best player is not getting on the pitch. Your project is useless if it doesn't have your best players playing. Like you build a team around Mason Mount. That's how good I think Mason Mount is. One good thing to come out of this: can we get uh, Potter in at England now? That'd be better than Southgate. No. Right, just, I'm sick uh, of watching Southgate. Well, I just don't bother until the tournament. So that's that's how you get around that. Yeah, and then it, same. Um, I'm still sick of watching it. So, oh yeah, they start. I'm, I'm not debating that. <laughs> and that that's with a win in Italy in there as well. But the second half of that game, watched after we played football, fucking hell, it was just atrocious, atrocious football. Yeah, Sorry, it's, it's off topic a little bit. That's all right. It's not shocking news that England are bad to watch. Really not. Uh, Nagelsmann is the favourite for the Chelsea job. If you're uh, Graham Potter... Uh, just quickly on Nagelsmann. He turned up to Bayern Munich training on a fucking skateboard and I'm supposed to believe that Julian Dingleberry <laughs> is supposed to be the future of our football club. Like, come on. What if we, we used to have the special one. Now we've got the fucking losers. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, Get me someone with a bit of aura, you know? 
Get me Zidane, you know. So he, I'm not sure he's a good coach, but get me Zidane, you know. Like, that would be fun, in fairness. Yeah. I mean, Nagelsmann's just been sacked, having an undefeated Champions League campaign and being yeah, still pretty much top of the league. We should, we should probably sign him up, yeah. <laughs> he's not bad. He's just a loser, though. But, like, did you just... s- but the second-place team in that league sucks. They suck. Dortmund have been having a good season until they got oh, slaughtered. slaughtered yeah, they couldn't by even beat. They Bayern. couldn't even beat Potter's Chelsea. For this God is what sake. I'm going to say. Like Potter's Come defining on. moment is beating the Spurs of Germany. <laughs> like Dortmund suck. Like Dortmund are. You look at bottle in the dictionary, and Dortmund are right there. Volkswagen on the side of Marco Royce. They stink. The only reason people think they're cool is because they play in yellow. Yeah, and they have a few fans in one end. Yeah. Um, years ago, they had a pretty pretty cool team. Yeah, Paul Lambert oh. played for them. He was a fucking snooze fest, wasn't he? Yeah, he, <laughs> he certainly was when he was a manager. My God. Oh, Andy Vyman. That's who played for Paul Lambert. Yeah, fucking up. Mark, that, was you... a shit, that was a shit Villa team, wasn't it? <laughs> were you... Yeah, it was good. It was good, though. My dad hates Andy Vyman to this day. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he was so bad. He, he had him and Barry Bannon in a team. Oh, God. Barry Bannon used to do this absolutely incredible thing where he'd look up, he'd scan a bit like Chavi, and then he'd hit it down the line repeatedly. He was my favourite player. Um, it really is the Will Hunt school of football. <laughs> it that. really is. <laughs> Pretend like you know what you did. Were you about to ask where Potter goes next? Yes, that was yeah. what I was going to say. Let me get my rant out of the way about this, though. Um, Go on. If Pot, if Spurs are, if Spurs give Potter the job, it will confirm everything we know about that club that they are just serial losers with losing in their DNA. Like Graham Potter is an excellent coach who, I think personally, lacks the mentality to turn a team into serial winners. Spurs signing him and playing him, and paying him to coach them would just be perfect Spurs, absolutely perfect Spurs. I also don't fancy Rodgers for Spurs though. Yeah, so Rodgers is the favourite for the Spurs job and Nagelsmann's the favourite for the Chelsea job. Brendan Rodgers is the favourite. He's not a big favourite, so... He's just got sacked from Leicester. (laughs) What does does Potch have to do to get a job, by the way? What is happening? Well, he's going to get a job and it'll be... Is Potch second favourite for Spurs? Potch is second favourite for Spurs, yeah. Oh, I can see that happening, to be honest. Yeah, same. I can. But it is incredible. How is he not You're not fucking Rod- serious, are you? Oh, Rod- I am serious. I couldn't I'm believe not- it either. I couldn't believe it either. I was just saying, I was kind of making a joke out of it that, that earlier in the chat that Rodgers yeah. could go to Spurs. And then it turned out that he's the actual favourite to go to Spurs. I'm at least as done. it stands. I'm at, I- What's the other job that's available? Oh, some- Leicester. Leicester. Uh, Leicester, yeah. I have no idea who their next manager is going to be. Well, is the story that Potter's already said he doesn't want to go there? Yeah, Potter's the, Potter's the favourite for that, followed by Rafa Benitez. Oh, man. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, if they got I Benitez. saw about Rafa. No, yeah. they just can't. They just can't. This is the problem with sacking your manager right now. There is no one. Yeah, you had it with Benitez. Like, you can't have Benitez. Uh, I thought we'd seen the last of him. Ralph, Ralph. Can I just tell Hassan who? He's level with John Dahl Thomason at 12 to 1. What is going and, on? And, and, and I like Pos- that. Too. Pos- <sighs> oh, my God. Steven Gerrard, 16 to 1. Guys. Uh, no no, no one in the Prem could give guys, 
guys, I can't believe we've just we carried on past the idea that Brendan Rodgers has just been sacked for leading Leicester to 18th is the favourite for the Spurs job. <laughs> like, if Spurs hire Rodgers, their fans should be allowed to take a hammer to the stadium. Like, that that would be he's the got, wor- He's got the same agent as Tupa Moting, that's why. Mate, his agent, his agent is the... Liz Hurley and bedazzled like that is an inc- <laughs> that's a, that's he's made a deal with the devil like how's he even got there like that's <laughs> oh <laughs> that would be the single <laughs> it'd be very Spurs to be fair no 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 that goes beyond Spurs <laughs> that's so deep into loser territory that is. <laughs> That is you out the back of the bins looking at the broken toys at Games Workshop. That is how loser territory that is. Like, oh my God. <laughs> End the podcast. I don't even know what to do now. Like imagine you've got you've got you go from Dakar to Harry Kane. Like, what oh. <laughs> there should be a there should be a Rogers clause in all their contracts if he signs they get to break it and they should just go off and leave for free. <laughs> we last week we came on here we talked about Luis Enrique for Spurs and this week you're telling me it's Brendan fantastic character Rogers. I'm not having it. No. Gosh, Southgate's thirty three to one as well. Oh fuck. Yeah Enrique's nowhere on the Spurs list. He is on the Chelsea list. He's Marco third on the Chelsea Silver's list. got the same odds as Luis Enrique. I'd stay at Fulham if I was him. Marco Silva, Marco Silva for Spurs. Yeah. Vincent Company is seven to one to go to Spurs as well. No, I think someone's going to get Vincent Company, but he's going to be very good. Leicester. I think Agreed. he looks good. I think he looks good. I actually liked Potter for Leicester, by the way. That one made sense to me a little bit more. I I think he should just chill for a bit. I, yeah, I don't I, agree. I don't think you should have a job right now. Don't take any of these jobs. They're not the ones you want. I think Potter right now is probably quite hurt. So um, you should take your time and not rush into anything else. Okay. Yes, I agree. Wait have, for the actual correct opportunity to come up because none of these are, are that. Have a few wine spritzers. They are great. He's a red wine man. I'm sure he is. Right. No, 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 no. no. Gatorade. <laughs> what what colour? What colour? Blue. Only ever blue for grand. Uh, blue, yeah, of course. What well, yeah, what team that wears blue is he gonna manage next? Because he's obviously it's been Brighton and Chelsea. Leicester. Maybe we'll Everton? Or Leicester, yeah. Yeah, I suppose he takes the Leicester job on that logic. I think if I got if I had to go to Everton I'd retire. <laughs> well no no, you just take him over. Get sacked and take the payoff and then retire. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. They'd definitely give you some stupid amount of money for the privilege. <sighs> also, in the Chelsea statement, Potter's not taking his, <laughs> his full. Uh, the Chelsea statement's weird, so if you haven't read it, read it's it. really it's weird. weird. But <laughs> it's hilarious, actually, isn't it? It's really. Oh, yeah, it is really weird. But also, he's not taking his full payoff, and I don't know why. Why is he not getting the 50 mil that he's owed or whatever it is? Why, why would he not take the what, full pair? Why is he agreed to not have the 50 mil? Just get a better agent, Graham. Get Brendan's agent on board. Line number two is my favourite bit. 
Graham has agreed to collaborate with the club to facilitate a smooth transition. Just what does that <laughs> what? mean? Does that, mean, yeah. does that mean his whole staff are staying? Just what is that? My favourite thing is that that guy Bruno, who was uh, an old player for Brighton, is star of the Chelsea. I could, I could not believe yeah, Bruno yeah. He's going to be taking control, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I could League not believe it when season. I heard that. Oh no, it's going to happen, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Is your side of the draw the easy side? No, it's the hard side, but who cares? Yeah, to be honest, pumped. let's get, get get Nagelsmann in just so we can have Tuchel versus Nagelsmann in the semis. Because you could imagine Darren Fletcher in BT, he'd love that, would he? Darren Fletcher's at home, he's, he's licking his paws, that's what he's doing. Good lord. God, him and Steve McManaman will be pitching a couple of tents in the Allianz for that, my god. Yeah, that's just because Steve McManaman's left his wife. <laughs> Has he really left this right? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> but to speculate, though, isn't it, Dave? It's twelve to one. <laughs> oh, there's the odds. Oh God. Oh, dear. Go on, Mike. What are we talking about next? I've got nothing. Anything else? Moise. We talked about you. Talk about Moise. Yeah, Moise. You all pro Moise staying on? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure how he's still Has there, been a, but yes. It'd have been a bigger and Well, you're gonna have to wait to hear that question because Will is gone. Uh well that was my connection for a second there. No worry, it's not yours. Um we'll pretend we're gonna end it and see what he does when, when he gets back. Uh Dave, if people want to follow you, where can they do that? Uh it's uh Dave Harris underscore 44. I think he's back. Excellent. I'm back. Boys, hat my Bye. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I don't think there's been a bigger underperformance by a manager this season than David Moyes. Spent 130 million just to be shit every week. But... Well, 600 million at Chelsea. For the same result. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a fair point, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, if Pep doesn't yeah. win the league with that team. Oh, shut up. Pep's winning the league. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. He needs yeah. to win the Champions League. I'm just saying that he should win the league every season with that team. It's an underperformance to not win the league with that team. Well, if you've got Gundogan in your team, you should be winning the league yeah. every year. That's all I'm saying. He's just got Manuel Akanji. Manuel make a wish Akanji. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I don't know what he's doing with this. Def- what has Laporte done to him? He sh- honestly, what has he done to Pep's wife? Like, uh, <laughs> oh, like, can, can we talk about John Stones, the number 10? So. Oh, the general. <laughs> oh, he's, he's my hero of the week. In fact, you know, we did that segment about things we've enjoyed for football this week. My one, John Stones. Turned on the City game after work, just in the second half. I'm trying to work out. I, th- I thought John Stones just made him maraud up the pitch. And I'm like, oh, no, he's actually just playing where Bernardo's normally <laughs> plays. Centre half, right back, central defensive midfield, central midfield. He can do it all. And he does it all at an elite standard. It's hilarious because they played him further up than Rodri. They just moved him ahead of Rodri for some reason. Rodri's heat map would be enjoyable. Oh, I love John Stones. Look, I, I look. I've got some takes about John Stones. I've just got to let him simmer on the coals for a bit longer. Did hard we get launch a uh, hard launch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nice off, Roger. Did you do Wazak of the Week or did you do Dave Stat of the Week? We've done Stat of the Week, so we can do oh, Wazak of the Week. Sorry, That's still, okay. still to come. Okay, Wazak of the Week. Have you got one? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Stan Collymore. You all know why. Um, <laughs> any, <laughs> any additions to the shit list? Or the worst uh, written list? Yeah, I, I had one. Okay. Christian Horner. Oh, okay. Okay. He was inducted on Saturday night, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Christian Honk, if you're Horner. Um, I would <laughs> like to uh, put in someone else too, but I forgot who it was. It'll come back to me. That's one for next week. Yeah, we'll leave you with the suspense of Will's latest edition. <laughs> for next week. Anthony Joshua that was it there you are oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm on board with that what a oh, snooze wow. that was hold on is that 40 minutes uh, we've been going for an hour and five mate come oh, on oh fucking hell sorry alright I was about to say I, I'll, I'll invent a question to get us to the hour mark yeah Dave if you ever found yourself shitting yourself anyway end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already know where to find Dave on Twitter for the answer to that. Ross, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, at Ross underscore Bird 14. Uh, and Will, <sighs> oh, where I'm can at, they find you? I'm at Will Hood 17, but you'll find me outside Grey Potter's house with a with a mask. <laughs> That's not a good <laughs> idea. There's somebody on Find me at Mikey Breslin on Twitter uh, and follow us all at In and Around Pod on all the socials. Um, Including Sky Sports News. Will's going to be on. Hold on. <laughs> God, dear. Uh, yep. Sayonara. No, no, no. Where, where can they send us emails if they've got questions? Oh, us? yeah. Yeah, if you want to email Will about his excursions <laughs> next weekend, uh, it's uh, in the round pod next at gmail.com. Oh, well, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll have already happened by the time you listen to this. But if you want to ask him what happened, <laughs> that's at In and Around Pod at Sky Sports News. In and yeah. Around Pod. Uh, at You'll see it. At Cava Sokol. Dave, what orange tie? Uh, Mike is at Simon J. Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Ross is uh, at Darmesh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. No. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>